Well, hello, and you're listening to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark, and uh, happy to have you with us. Welcome if it's your first time. We are going to be exploring some of the mid to late 1940s recordings that were made in England and really uh, represent the beginning of what came to be known as trad jazz in England. Traditional jazz, that name has come to be adopted uh, more recently in the last 30 years or so in the United States, but it uh, generally refers to what we call Dixieland, uh, New Orleans-style jazz, Chicago-style jazz, what have you. And in the 1940s in England, it became, or it was on the way to becoming, a very popular style of music. Recordings that had been made in the United States by various New Orleans players and also uh, big band recordings by Louis Armstrong and Red Nichols and so forth were a big part of the education of these musicians, most of whom were uh, in their late teens at the time of World War II and they were doing uh, defense work and so forth and uh, started in their spare time forming bands. The first band we're going to hear was led by a trumpet player named Freddie Randall and uh, chronologically this will not be the first recording but uh, we're going to be listening to this first now. These were two uh, recordings that were made for the Cleveland label. Cleveland Jazz Club was active in uh, London and uh, produced a series of recordings by Freddie Randall and his orchestra. Uh, we only have two of them, but we're going to listen to them today. These were done at some point in 1948 and were issued in 1949. And the personnel here is Freddie Randall on trumpet, Ed Harvey on trombone, Bruce Turner on clarinet, Al Mead on piano, Bob Carham on guitar, Jack Surridge on bass, and Harry Miller on drums. These were made in London. And uh, the two tunes we're going to begin with from this session are The Cook's Ferry Parade, which I believe was written by Freddie Randall, and Lonesome Road, the sort of pseudo-gospel tune by Nat Chilcret. So those two tunes will begin our program. Then we're going to move on to, chronologically, I guess, the earliest of the tunes here. Uh, these, this was done for Decca and was produced under the name of Freddie Murfield and His Garbage Men. I believe they recorded two tunes. We're only going to hear one of them today, which is You've Been a Good Old Wagon, But You Done Broke Down. And this recording was made in 1944, so still during the World War II years. So Freddie Murfield and his garbage men consisted of Freddie Randall on trumpet, uh, Dee Crocker on trombone, Johnny Dankworth, who was only a teenager at the time, on clarinet, S. Dowell on tenor sax, and we just uh, talked about Bob Corum on guitar, also uh, I think it was Stanley P.C. on bass, uh, S. Bays on piano, and the leader, Freddie Murfield, on drums. And as I said, this, were done, this was done for Decca Records. At that point, we're going to go to uh, the group that's considered kind of the granddaddy, I guess, of British trad. And this was George Webb and his Dixielanders. And we're going to hear two tunes from their first session. We're going to hear the Dippermouth Blues, followed by the Richard M. Jones tune, the New Orleans Hop Scop Blues. These were released on the jazz label and uh, were recorded in December of 1943 with the personnel of Owen Bryce and Reg Rigdon on cornets, duo cornet lead, I think it was Reg Rigdon who took the solos, uh, Wally Fox on clarinet in his first recordings, uh, Eddie Harvey was on trombone, George Webb the leader on piano, Buddy Vallis on banjo, Art Streetfield on tuba, and Roy Wikes on drums. Those were recorded in Derby, England in, as I said, December of 1943. And uh, several of these men, including Webb, Fox, and Harvey, and I think Buddy Vallis too, went on to uh, be in the first Humphrey Littleton uh, trad band. Humphrey Littleton's band uh, grew out of George Webb's, and we listened to some of his earlier recordings from 1947-48 on a podcast from that period as well, but uh, we're going to stick with George Webb here. And so as I said, those two tunes, um, Dippermouth and New Orleans Hopscot Blues. So that's our set. Uh, Freddie Randall's band, Cook's Ferry Parade and Lonesome Road, followed by uh, Murfield's Garbage Men, You've Been a Good Old Wagon, and then George Webb and his Dixielanders, Dippermouth Blues and the New Orleans Hopscot Blues. Thank you. 
Mr. Randall. I ain't got my dough money for Cook's Ferry. You better go on home, son. Go on home. Hallelujah, man. Hallelujah. Let's live out on some of that jazz. Yeah. Look down. Look down. That lonesome road. Before you travel, you travel on. I didn't miss it, man. I didn't miss it. Look out. Look out. Look out. Prepare to meet your maker. Still Gabriel blows his horn. Blows that horn. Weary, weary children. Such, such a heavy loan. Heading down. Heading down. That loan. Collecting box, Barrel. Don't forget that collecting box.
The musicians in these bands were quite young. Most of them were in their very early 20s, some even in their late teens, I think. And they were just figuring things out, as it were. They uh, learned how to play instruments sometimes just by the seat of their pants because they liked the sound of them, although some were trained musicians. And they were trying to imitate the sounds they heard on earlier recordings. That last tune, the New Orleans Hopscop Blues, was clearly modeled on the a version that Jimmy Noon did with his band about 1940. Uh, It had been recorded by the composer Richard M. Jones before that and also by Bessie Smith in the 1920s. Before that we heard the Dipper Mouth Blues and those were done by George Webb and his Dixielanders with the Two cornet uh, front line there, Owen Bryce and Reg, uh, Reg Rigdon. I think it was Reg Rigdon who played the solo on Dipper Mouth. Uh, Eddie Harvey on trombone, Wally Fox on clarinet. The leader, George Webb, on piano, Buddy Vallis on banjo, Art Streetfield on tuba. This was a relatively rare British trad band that used tuba. They almost overwhelmingly used string bass, even from these early days, but this was an example of a uh, definitely an earlier style sound. And then Roy Wykes on drums, and those were recorded in Derby for jazz in December of 1943. We started out with Cook's Ferry Parade and Lonesome Road, and those were done by Freddie Randall and his band for the Cleveland Jazz Club of London. Uh, apparently there were eight tunes recorded on that day. I only could find those two. They're very spirited and very entertaining tracks. We have in that band Freddie Randall on trumpet. We'll be hearing quite a bit more of him coming up. Ed Harvey on trombone, Bruce Turner on clarinet, Al Mead on piano, Bob Corum on guitar, Jack Surridge on bass, and Harry Miller on drums. And then splitting up the Freddie Randall and the George Webb sides, we had one track by Murfield's Garbage Men. Freddie Murfield was the drummer. This is probably one of the first uh, recordings made, I guess, uh, of British trad. This was done for DECA. I think they won a contest for this. And this was done also in 1943. You've been a good old wagon, but you done broke down. Freddie Murfield and his Garbage Men with uh, Freddie Randall again on trumpet, D. Crocker on trombone, S. Dowell on tenor sax, Johnny Dankworth on clarinet, uh, S. Bays on piano, Bob Corum again on guitar, S. PC on bass, and the leader, Freddie Merrifield, on drums. So we get some very energetic sounds, shall we say, from these early British trad bands. Relatively simple material. Uh, again, they were just getting started, but they uh, had plenty of time to go to refine their approach, as they did coming up. So for our next set, we're going to feature... Some of the tracks recorded by George Webb. As I said, George Webb's Dixielanders is considered kind of the foundational band of British trad. Uh, they made a number of recordings in the early or the mid to late 40s. They had come up uh, as a bunch of musicians who found each other basically working at defense plants in the London area in uh, 1942 or so. And uh, they evolved this very uh, original style uh, and approach to traditional jazz in New Orleans style jazz as well. So we're going to start with uh, two tunes. Two tunes? Yes, two tunes from one date. We're going to hear Willie the Weeper, of course, made famous by lots of bands, but most notably um, Louis Armstrong's Hot 7. And we're going to follow that with the Hesitating Blues. And both of these come from May 5th of 1945, and they feature uh, the band that we heard, the two-trumpet band with Reg Rigdon and Owen Bryce, the only difference being Derek Bailey is on drums. So, as I said, that's... Willie the Weeper, and Hesitating Blues. Then we're going to jump down to a tune much less known, Jenny's Ball. Um, not exactly sure where this one comes from, to be honest with you, but it's an interesting tune, the way that they've uh, evolved the approach to this, a very, very compelling little song. And this comes from uh, a November 9th, 1946 date, also in London, basically with the same band that we heard first, with Roy Wykes on the drums. Then we're going to hear uh, two tunes from their last date before the band broke up and actually reformed under Humphrey Littleton's leadership. These are uh, tunes that feature Humphrey Littleton on cornet. The two cornet uh, style had uh, basically disappeared, and we have the prototype for the first Humphrey Littleton band. And we're going to hear Soldier's Lament and Mahogany Hall Stomp, and both of these were from 1947. George Webb on piano, Humphrey Littleton on cornet, Wally Fox on clarinet, Tony Finnis on trombone, Buddy Vallis on banjo, uh, Bill Bramwell on bass, and Roy Hartley on drums. So that will be our set. All George Webb and his Dixielanders over the years from 1946 to 1947 or so. Willie the Weeper, Hesitation Blues, or Hesitating Blues as it was known, Jenny's Ball, Soldier's Lament, and Mahogany Hall Stomp. (laughs) 
So that was George Webb and his Dixielanders, recording throughout the 1940s. We had a little sampling of several different sessions for Decca and uh, I think a transcription session and a couple of other things. We started out with Willie the Weeper and Hesitating Blues, Hesitation Blues, which featured the two trumpet uh, front line of um, uh, Owen Bryce and Red Rigdon on cornets, along with uh, Eddie Harvey on trombone, Wally Fox, very early recordings on clarinet, George Webb on piano, Buddy Vallis on banjo, Art Streetfield on tuba, and Roy Wikes on drums. And those are from December of, uh, actually, I take it back, those were from uh, the next session after that, which were May 5th of 1945. And actually, for that session, Derek Bailey was on drums. Ron Wikes returned for the next uh, few tunes, which were... Uh, or the next tune, I should say, anyway, which was Jenny's Ball. And that's uh, an interesting tune that had been recorded by Mamie Smith, among others, in the 1920s. These uh, British trad musicians were very eclectic in assembling their repertoire, which is a wonderful thing for today. We heard uh, the band from November 9th of 1946, and again, that was Jenny's Ball. Then we went on and finished up with two tunes from the later session, Soldier's Lament and a really driving version of Mahogany Hall Stomp that was done with just a single trumpet, in this case, Humphrey Littleton, cornet actually, from 1947. We heard Littleton with Fox, Tony Finnis on trombone, Buddy Vallis again, George Webb again, Bill Bramwell on bass, and Roy Hartley on drums. And the substitution of the bass for the tuba immediately just really changes the, the whole feeling of the band, as do the single cornet replacing the two cornets, which gave a lot more freedom. But that nice four-beat New Orleans-style bass by Bill Bramwell set the style, I would have to say, for British trad for the next 25 or 30 years. And it was shortly after the session that Webb uh, disbanded his group and m many of the musicians, he and Hawks and... Uh, or Fox, rather, and Buddy Vallis went to work for Humphrey Littleton. And uh, as I said, we did a podcast a while back of the early Parlophone recordings by the Littleton Band, and uh, that was the direct outgrowth of this George Webb group. So now we're going to go back to Freddie Randall. And uh, he was a fine trumpet player who ended up leaving the business for a while due to ill health and did other things, and then came back in the 1960s and 70s and put a different type of band together. Um, his later band, which we're going to be doing a podcast on, uh, was much more of a swing band uh, with some Dixieland overtones. But this group that we're going to be hearing on the next set is very much in the early British trad style. We're going to start out with uh, what they called the Georgia Cakewalk. I think they took that title from a Ma Rainey recording. It's actually at a Georgia Camp meeting. And uh, that was done uh, in, uh, or as by Freddie Randall and his band on uh, September 22nd of 1949 with Eddie Harvey on trombone, Bruce Turner on clarinet, Pat Rose on baritone sax and clarinet, Al Mead on piano, Danny Haggerty on bass, and Harry Miller on drums, all led by Freddie Randall on trumpet. So that uh, will lead us then from uh, Georgia Cakewalk to the Washington and Lee Swing. Kind of an interesting choice, a, a college fight song which became a jazz standard. Um, there was a Johnny Bearsdorfer recording in the 1920s called The Swing, which was based on that tune. But here it's much more up-tempo and features, of all things, a very long and extended baritone sax solo, which works pretty well. After that, we're going to hear an original Freddie Randall blues, the Dark Knight Blues, in which he takes out his plunger mute and starts sounding a lot more like Muggsy Spanier. Sometimes in his uh, lead playing and solo, certainly he was uh, listening clearly to Wild Bill Davison, but uh, when he gets the mute out, it's Muggsy all the way. Then we're going to go on to uh, two other tunes to round out the program. We're going to hear the Sugarfoot Strut, and Jazz Club Swing. All of these are from that same date I mentioned. This is uh, one of the early Rendell uh, band sides. These were done for tempo. And uh, Jazz Club Stomp was written by Billy Munn, who was a piano player. And the Jazz uh, Club was a BBC program run by Mark White. There are a number of broadcast recordings available. He would bring in a lot of Dixieland, new Dixieland musicians, and also older swing musicians and throw them together on the stage. And very often there was some interesting music to be made, kind of a, a trad version of jazz at the Philharmonic, London style. So that is our set coming up. All of these were done, as I said, for tempo recordings. Freddie Randall and his band on September 22nd, 1949. Georgia Cakewalk, Washington and Lee Swing, Dark Knight, Sugarfoot Strut, and Jazz Club Swing. <laughs> ¶¶ 
So again, some very spirited jazz by a young English traditional jazz band. That was Freddie Randall and his band uh, recording for Tempo Records in September of 1949. And uh, I'll say the personnel again, Freddie Randall on trumpet, doing some driving lead work and some great solo work with mutes, recall Muggsy Spanier. Eddie Harvey was on trombone, Bruce Turner on clarinet, Pat Rose on baritone sax, probably doubled clarinet as well, Al Mead on piano, Danny Haggerty on bass, and Harry Miller on drums. And those were recorded in London, as I said, for Tempo Records. And we heard uh, Georgia Cakewalk, better known as at a Georgia camp meeting, the Washington and Lee Swing, featuring a really long and good baritone sax solo by Pat Rose, uh, Dark Knight, a uh, composition by the leader, Freddie Randall, a nice sort of dark blues. And then Sugarfoot Strut, which was, of course, recorded by Louis Armstrong and his Hot Five. And then we ended up with the Jazz Club Swing, that tune by Billy Munn, dedicated to the Jazz Club broadcasts on BBC. So I hope you've enjoyed this program. Uh, some little or seldom heard uh, traditional jazz recordings of the 1940s, but which were very historically... Uh, important to the development of trad jazz in Britain and then on in continental Europe as well. We heard Freddie Randall and his band, George Webb and his Dixielanders, uh, Freddie Merfield and his Garbage Men, and uh, as I said in an earlier podcast, we've heard uh, some of the early Humphrey Littleton recordings as well. So you get a good, good picture, spectrum of what traditional jazz in Britain uh, was sounding like in the 1940s and how it uh, developed in a number of different directions in the 50s and 60s. So my name is John Clark. This is the Jazz Focus. Hope you're enjoying these programs. If you'd like to become a member of the family, we would welcome you and uh, feel free to hit that donation button, whether once, uh, one-time donation or sustaining membership. We'd love to uh, keep in contact with you. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on...